All right, guys, welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. I'm here today with my partner for Spring Bear <laughs> and my good buddy, Luke Dusenberry. And um, we want to do a podcast to kind of give you an in-depth recap of the Spring Bear hunt. Um, uh, it was probably, not that there wasn't some physical tough parts, but it was mentally probably the toughest hunt I've ever done. Um, it was hard to keep going and not want to quit. Um, it was, it was one of those hunts where just like lots of stuff went wrong. It was a doozy (laughs) to put it lightly. Um, and we'll get into all that stuff in detail, but, um, so we got back to Luke's house yesterday and I've been kind of doing the gear shuffled to kind of, cause I got to go leave on a flight today back to back home. Um, and we were both just like mentally fried yesterday. And so we decided to wait until today. I'm glad we did. Yeah. I think we could have, but I think, yeah, I was definitely a little foggy yesterday. I was like, yeah, pretty spent. Yeah. We decided to, um, to kind of pack up yesterday and do the podcast today when we could have some coffee and, and kind of have some time to process. Cause I found, I guess I already kind of knew this, but I guess a lot of guys, you know, they say like, oh, I can really clear my head and think on the mountain and stuff like that. Not me. I am focused on hunting. I process after. Like, I don't know. Um, so I really like to get some like alone time. Like like yesterday I sat outside in Luke's yard, like watched the sunset for probably like an hour and a half, just thinking about the hunt and kind of digesting, absorbing, figuring out like what we did right, what we did wrong, where we could have done stuff different and because that's really part of the process, which is amazing and something I've found that I've really enjoyed of the process is I'm still so new. This is my first ever attempt at a DIY spring bear hunt out here. And um, I've done one spring bear hunt before, but I was, you know, the other guys were picking the spots. I was kind of along for the ride. This was, you know, I e-scouted this, I planned it. So this is the first time. And it's just really cool to be able to break down, like I said, where I went wrong, maybe some things that we did right, what I would do different next time. Um, and that's just such a fun and cool part of the process. Like, because it's frustrating when you look back and think of the mistakes you made, but then it just gives you that encouragement of like, Oh, I really want to do it again. And I want to like improve and get better. And that's just part of the whole journey. And it's awesome. No, absolutely. Yeah. And to kind of jump the gun, I would say, um, Yesterday, Hunter, when we were, you know, got back, we were both exhausted and, you know, just thinking about the whole hunt and stuff, Hunter was like, I want you to take four, you know, take some time, but I want you to think of four takeaways for this hunt. And yeah, to kind of, I guess, jump the gun, cause we're going to go through them all. Um, my fourth one, I was having a hard time thinking of it this morning, but my fourth one is just like, just observing Hunter, like take the time yesterday, to like really reflect, um, because I feel like that's something I do a little bit of sometimes on the mountain, sometimes after, um, but I would say that's something I'm going to try and do more of, um, is just to really reflect on a hunt instead of just like going from like one hunt to like the next job or one hunt to like coming home and like tackling projects around the house or whatever it is, like we're all busy. Um, but just like purposefully taking time to reflect because sometimes like, I don't know, I don't know if it's just you know, my life the past few years or maybe, maybe in a little bit ADD or something like it's hard for me to like sit 
and reflect, especially yeah. on something like this hunt where there are some things that like didn't go our way. And that's like sometimes like painful to like reflect on. Yeah. Um, so that's like something I'm definitely going to take away from this, this hunt, um, this time and just learning some stuff from Hunter is just like the importance of like reflection. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I know what you mean. Cause it can be like tough when a t- like we said, a hunt doesn't go your way. Like you kind of like don't always want to think about it, but like, if you just really like, I was just literally last night, just like going chronologically through the hunt, every step of the way and analyzing like, okay, do we do the right thing here? Could, what could we have done different? Like what? So, and there was some stuff we did right. And there's some stuff we did wrong, but, um, that's all just part of the process. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's tough for you too, because guys, Luke is like literally jumping on a plane. What today or tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow for, you know, to go on a crazy fishing tournament job. So, you know, I, I might have a little bit more of a luxury of reflecting than you, but, um, you got to do it. You got to break it down. And I try to do kind of like an after action report or even just in my head, um, because I'm still learning so much and, you know, it's really important. And I think, I don't know if it's because like we're, I, I don't know if it's because maybe it's harder for men or or what, just how we're wired, but I feel like it's harder to reflect, um, you know, or to purposefully make time to reflect. Yeah. At least I feel like that in my own life, like whether that's like about hunting or like even like work stuff or like goals yeah. or, you know, I don't know. It's just harder to make time sometimes because it's like, oh, I got to like think about emotions or I got to think about, yeah. you know, something I did wrong, which isn't fun to think about. Yeah. You know, I feel like you learn more almost on hunts when you don't punch a tag yeah like so it's almost like for me is like okay and spoiler alert we did not kill a bear um but i feel like it's almost like for me it's like okay i didn't kill so like i have to find some value in this and for me that value is really figuring out what i can learn from it so that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of so um actually let me grab my phone it's got my notes on there um so I guess let's I guess let's start kind of from the top and kind of go chronologically. I'm just pulling up my notes here from what I was thinking about yesterday, but um, okay. So just to give some backstory to the hunt. So like I said, this is the first time I had kind of planned a DIY bear hunt. Um, like most hunts, I went in pretty optimistic. Um, Luke's schedule was such that we went in mid-May. I typically, like I said, in my limited experience, I like to hunt a little earlier, um, but it was just the way it worked out this time. Um, and oh, I was going to say something else. I forgot what it was. But, um, but yeah, so, oh, I was going to mention just the oddness of this year's weather that we had coming into it. So most of you guys probably already know, but... Um, all across the West was just like insane snowfall and cold temperature year. And then here in Idaho, it went from like tons of snow to like summer, right? Like instantly. Yeah. I've heard, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I've heard it's like one of the warmest warm up periods of like a spring that they've ever had. Yeah. So couple that with like, you know, in some areas of Idaho, like the most snow we've had in a hundred years plus the warmest spring. It's like, it just created a lot of, um, you know, not to, to make excuses, but it just created, there's, there's a lot more challenges this year that I think were unique 
to this season um, and the dates we ended up were able to go. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was, you know, it's just, that's just part of the hunt. Um, that's actually like another, like one of my reflections too, is just like, you know, knowing the weather and, you know, the warm up and, you know, the snowfall and, and not just like looking at the weather of like the hunt of like, oh yeah, like the weather looks good the next yeah. like, week. You know, it's like, no, like trying to like get out and scout before, which I wasn't able to do, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and just kind of know where that snow line's at on the north faces and the south faces and yeah. just to kind of better prepare yourself. Yeah. And just like, you know, I'm a non-resident and, and we're trying to coordinate schedules. Luke's a busy dude. So, you know, in the perfect situation, if you live near where you're hunting, you can kind of judge like, okay, where's the snow line? I can go to this spot. Um, you know, we didn't really have that luxury. We kind of had to pick a date and kind of go for it. And um, so kind of starting from the e-scouting process, uh, which I got to say, I think that's one thing I did pretty well, except for I didn't factor in the conditions probably. Um, I The spot I found, and the reason I say I think I did well is because not only was our first spot where I e-scouted the only place we saw any bears, but also um, another friend of mine who's a much better bear hunter than me um, said that he actually had started off his season hunting in the same general area. So that kind of confirmed like, okay, I'm not completely off. But I took what I learned from my last bear hunt, the, the type of terrain, the, the basic elevation and stuff like that, um, and try to find other areas uh, that looked similar. I'm um, trying to like steep, nasty stuff, rocks, you know, plenty of water, and obviously looking for that green vegetation. Um, but the first spot we went into, see, I thought we would be okay because it was it was down about 4,000, 4,500 in the elevation. I thought because of the snow, I sort of assumed that the snow line melt would go more uniformly so because there's more snow in my mind i'm thinking okay we can hunt lower elevations later but that's not really how it went down we were talking about this last night um it warmed up so fast that that stuff in that 4000 range was like completely thawed like almost dry and hot but then like when you get to a certain point it's like winter oh yeah like <laughs> full-on winter and we we get like we did a lot of video on this hunt and you can definitely see in some of the clips um, just some of the contrast of, you know, one hillside looks like midwinter yeah. beyond the wall yeah. kind of stuff. And then the next hillside, you just pan the camera over and it's like, oh, it's like summer. Yeah. And then you go over there and it's like 77, 80 degrees yeah. and you're in a t-shirt, Yeah. you know, hip zips are all the way open and you're just like dying. Yeah. You know? And we'll get into it later, but there were other spots where we were no exaggeration I went over my knee in snow many times, and oh, yeah. it was like knee-deep snow we were walking through, which is, you know, it's that really annoying snow where like you step on it, and then for like one second it supports you, then you just fall through to your knee. Yeah, and you're doing little <laughs> single-leg pistol squats with your trekking poles, like just trying to yeah. get through it to oh my your next dry patch. Um, so anyway, so we got into our first spot. Um, we had a few challenges getting in, not major, just you know, because the water was high, mm -hmm. um, nothing major, we made it in a couple miles in there and found a really cool camp spot. Um, how much was that climb up to it? I think it was like 600 feet yeah. up from the river or a creek. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the, 
and too, like with how much snow we had mixed with the high temperatures, like every creek we came across was just like raging. Loaded, yeah. Just abs, and like the, the first spot we went into, the trail was washed out in two different areas and we had to kind of rock climb and scamper around. I yeah. ended up just going through the river because I was like, I've got like 65 pounds on my back and I just didn't feel like rock climbing. Yeah, and I decided to rock climb it for some yeah, reason, so. which you'll see. And by the way, you can see this whole hunt as it goes down with some of our commentary in an episode I'm going to work on for the, the show and Sportsman Channel, which is going to launch in June, but this episode will come out kind of down the road. But um, um, but anyway, so we get in there. Um, it wasn't too bad of a climb up to this to our hike our camping spot. We found this nice little like bench up there, but you add in like I said, sixty five pound pack, and then we had to carry. Oh my gosh, we carried. I know I personally was carrying twelve liters of water plus my full packing, like five days of food. You probably had ten liters of water. I, think I had ten. Yeah. So um, that was pretty brutal. About That's twenty pounds of water, give or take. Close to a hundred pounds, yeah. and it was. I mean like very steep at one point i was like on my all fours crawling up this thing yeah but once we got up there it was like we were in a state park yeah it was just like perfectly manicured grass flat yeah smelled a little elky there's a lot of elk sign yeah um, and like really good glassing spots yeah it was very beautiful very good spot really good green vegetation um the problem was at that elevation the snow there was no snow line it was about like i said 4500 ish um and you know i always Again, I'm still learning, but from a lot of my mentors, what I hear a lot is it's very snow line dependent. You, the bears really like kind of hanging out close to that snow line. I think that's because of the new green shoots of vegetation. And then also it allows them to be up higher and have water. Because wherever there's a big thing of snow, there's usually like a little runoff coming off it if there's not a spring or something up there. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know. What did you think when we got up to that spot? Oh, I thought it was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and I was I was pretty shocked because I, you know, going back to this whole snow level thing, I've been out of the state for a solid month straight. Um, and when I left, you know, for a month worth of jobs on the East Coast doing the fishing stuff, um, you know, the the snow was just like, we still had snow in my house. Yeah. And we're at 5,000 feet here. And so I was just, I was like, oh man, like this is going to be a crazy spring bear season. <laughs> I was just like, are we even going to be able to get anywhere? And then I come home from that, you know, on the same flight actually as Hunter getting here. And I was just like amazed how green everything was. I'm like, oh, this is like awesome. It's like summer. <laughs> and then I just I just kind of assumed that the spot we were going to would still be pretty wintry. Yeah. But we got there and it was like, dude, this is like July. Yeah. You know, it's just gorgeous and not a yeah. trace of snow anyway. Yeah. I mean, you could see snow at the very tip top, you know, of the mountains, like as, the as high as we could see. And I was just like, dang, like that's not what I expected at all. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of the cards we were both dealt. Yeah. Um, it's just not knowing that where that snow line was yep. heading into that spot. Yeah. And that's where I had wrongly assumed that because there was more snow this year, we could get away with a lower elevation later in the year. But like I said, it just didn't melt off uniformly like that. It's like it all melted in some lower areas and the higher areas like really held on to it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, we got in there. We were pretty stoked um, just because the spot was great. And I do think I will probably go back there. If I do this hunt again next year, I will go back to the same spot three to four weeks earlier. I think it would be a great spot. But um, so we, we, we had some, we got in there, got set up, um, and then we glassed that for day and a half. Luke, you saw something. 
Yes. Yeah, I, I want to say <laughs> it was around one o'clock on that second day. I glassed up what I thought was like a little stump, but then I just I kept the spotter on it, kept looking at it. And then I just saw like it moved just a little bit. And I was like, no way. And it was just this little little black bear. Cut. Yeah. And he was just like kind of romping around the grass. And he was like way up at like the top of the mountain, like from where we were at. I was looking just like straight up across the creek at the top, um, kind of like on a, like a northeast facing slope. Um, and he was just, this little cub was just coming out of the timber. And I just kept watching him, watching him, watching him. Got Hunter to come over here and take a look. And then the mom popped out, the, the sow. Um, and we watched him for, gosh, solid hour. Um, just kind of like walk up there. The cub was just kind of all over the place. Um, the mom was just eating and feeding, you know, and going uphill. Mm -hmm. um, possibly into the next drainage, we're not sure. Um, but yeah, we watched them for a while. We're like, okay, like there's a bear here. Yeah. Like that's, that's awesome. You know, yeah. cause we hiked in the first day and then this was our second day in there, but first full day yeah. of being in there glassing from, you know, and we were seeing morning. elk too. And yeah, yeah. We were seeing a lot of game, um, a lot of sign of life. Um, just, you know, it just seemed like a really good spot. Yeah. Um, which kudos to Hunter for finding that. Yeah. And so I, I figure, I think the easiest way to do this conversation would be kind of like just recap the hunt chronologically and then we can kind of hit on the takeaways probably. Mm -hmm. um, but we can mention them. But um, like looking back on the hunt now, like this whole time we've both just been like kicking ourselves. Like we should have stayed at least another day in that spot. Um, and we'll get into it more later, but we should have stayed longer. Um, we should have given that a little more time. That was kind of one major mistake was just getting a little, little jumpy. But I, again, I had, I recorded an episode with Brian Call of the TV show. It's coming out soon. Um, and he's kind of one of my mentors. And one thing I kept ringing in my head is he says in that episode, if you spend a day, day and a half in an area and you don't see any bears, it's probably because there aren't any bears there. And, um, but I still think just, we should have given it a little more time, but that kept bringing in my head for some reason. And we kind of, from the beginning had this plan laid out of, we'll try my spot. And if it's not really happening, we'll go to this other spot that Luke went to last year and saw some bears. And we knew some other guys that had been in the general area and seen good bears. So, and again, I went into this hunt a little bit, probably overly optimistic about the amount of bears we should be seeing. So after, you know, a full day and a half of glassing, we only saw that one sow and cub. We kind of decided, hey, we're too low. It's too hot. We're nowhere near the snow line, which was pretty logical thinking. I still wish we'd given it a little more time, but it was logical why we left. I think that could have been accurate. But anyway, um, we decided let's go check out Luke's other spot where we knew there'd be bears. Now, Luke mentioned... That last time he went in there, they were walking through what? You said thigh deep water? Yeah, it was about mid-thigh deep of water crossing this creek. Yeah. Which last year, um, I went around the same time, you know, generally speaking. Um, and it wasn't, you know, too sketchy. Like, you know, we just, just kind of went for it. Um, <laughs> and I just assumed it would probably be kind of the similar situation. Yeah. Similar, similar water level, you know, similar risk factor. But Right. Which... I knew when he said that, like, you know, when you have those like gut, just like instant reactions in your, like in your gut, as soon as you said that my instant gut reaction was if they were going through like wasty, like if this is going to be a problem. 
but I just kind of, and this is something, one of my takeaways is like, sometimes it's hard, but you got to listen to that little voice because that little boy's voice was like, that's not going to work. But we just, I was like, yeah, we'll be fine because we had a pack raft and we'll get to that later. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I should have listened to that little voice because I knew if they're going through thigh deep snow last year, I just knew because of the amount of snow, how everything was high and just raging, like this was going to be a problem. But I, for some reason, ignored the little voice, and we decided to go check out Luke's spot. So, um, but before we did that, we kind of um, we cruised around the unit we were in and did some. I wouldn't even call it road hunting. I would just call it like scouting. Like we were we were using the road system to cover a lot of ground and and glassing and taking little hikes into certain areas, but mainly glassing just wide areas just to see if we could kind of get a feel for, you know, what elevation bears might be at or if there even were any bears. And we covered quite a bit of ground and did not see any bear sign, no bears, no tracks, no droppings, nothing. Yeah, I mean, we drove pretty high up too because we wanted to like see where the snow line was at, Mm -hmm. you know, in this other part of the unit. Um, And just to see like, you know, where's like, based on like kind of our limited knowledge, like where's some good habitat that we like have seen bears in, in this particular unit. Um, and just trying to find, you know, just trying to find like basically like new locations and just doing like location scouting. Yep. Um, and we were seeing like a lot of animals, like we saw a lot of elk, saw a lot of deer, saw a fox. Um, you know, we were seeing a lot of signs of life, but it was just like trying to find that, the bear. Right. You know, it's just funny because a lot of times you go on a hunt for an elk and all you see are deer. You go on a hunt for a deer, <laughs> yeah. all you see are elk. It's yeah. like, ah, yeah. it's, just, it's just the nature of sometimes hunting but um yeah so we did that for about a day and unfortunately just didn't turn anything up yeah so we decided all right let's get out of here that was kind of our confirmation um and we went to luke's spot which is kind of different part of the state i mean three or four hour drive oh for sure and so the next day we're uh we, we got to the trailhead pretty good uh time of day pretty early and we knew we were going to do these creek crossings, so we brought the pack raft. And uh, this is only the second time I've ever been in a pack raft, by the way. But I figured, you know, I did it once, I can, I can handle this. <laughs> and so we go. It's about, what, a mile to the first crossing? And mind you, like, there's not just one creek crossing. We have to do three creek crossings just to get into Luke's spot. And so we get there, and I see the water, and I'm like, ooh, that's smooth. I mean, it was moving, like... 20, 25 miles an hour, probably. I don't know. It was cooking. It was cooking. Yeah, it was, yeah. I was definitely a little scared just looking at it. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it's not like just that the water's moving fast. It's a fast moving creek, almost a borderline river yeah. at this point. But the the way the, the the banks of the river are, it's not like there's just rocks or sand right. or it's like open. It's like thick willows, like yeah. almost like moose country. Yes. And then where it's not thick willows or n- and not fast moving, it's like marshy, swampy, yeah, boggy. And so it's it was just kind of a recipe for disaster with how much runoff we had this this year. Yeah. Like you the trail goes through and like so the other side of the r- creek or whatever is probably what like 10 feet wide of like a trail and either side is just completely thick, just like almost impassable willows. Yeah, 15 foot tall willows. Yeah. And so you basically have to like hit right in this spot. Yeah. And, and to back up a little bit, when we got to the trailhead for this spot, there was no one in it. 
And we no were both one. like, sick, we're the only ones here. <laughs> now it makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah. No one at the trailhead. So, and um, I think later we saw some people and they're like, oh, you guys are insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We saw some hikers that came up, but yeah. So um, I saw it. I was a little scared, but I was like, yeah, we can do this. Um, which, you know, that just chalked it up to my uh, lack of experience dealing with these kind of conditions because probably a more experienced person would have just been like, nah, this isn't going to happen. So anyway, blew up the pack raft, figured let's, let's just do it, man. This is, uh, you know, let's just do it. So um, blew up the pack raft, get in, and I was focusing a lot on just keeping the nose of my raft upstream, and I just drastically underestimated the speed of this current and, um, and I just don't have, like, I have extremely small amount of experience on a pack raft. So I was just basically didn't know what I was doing. And <laughs> so I just went out way too slow into this thing. And as soon as I hit that, like, current, whoosh, just, like, flushes me, like, down the toilet. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm just filming. Because Hunter, Hunter's like, do you want to go first? And I was like, you know, I've never been on a pack raft at all. I've, like, done, like, some kayaking, some rafting, some canoeing. This is definitely like next level. And I was like, I think I want to watch. Yeah, I was like, would you this. be more comfortable if I went first and you watched? And you're like, yeah. Because yeah. I know you did it last year. And I was like, I, I mean, he probably has like some, you know, he obviously has done it more than me because I've done it zero <laughs> Just times. Once. So I'm like, I want, I want to watch him do it yeah. first. Um, and yeah, we had a little piece of paracord tied to my side of the shore. So that if something that, you know, if something bad happened, I could pull him back across. Right. And that was, we had one raft. So we had to tie the raft so that theoretically I would cross get myself over, he would pull the raft back and then cross himself. And uh, I'm glad that I was the one who did it, not you. Um, but anyway, I got completely flushed. So so what happened was, I'm just like, oh, geez. So I just, I got to get to the side. I know that if I don't get to the side and I hit, because the, the raft was tied off to a tree. If I don't, and I'm just in the middle of the, the creek and it hits the end of that line it's just gonna just bury and i'm just gonna be swamped mm -hmm. so i'm like okay gotta get to the other side uh, i knew i wasn't gonna hit the trail so i just like get to the willows i get to the willows i'm just like just grab on so i grab on and then i look down and there's water just rushing over the top of my raft and so i was like oh geez so i i kind of i fixed that and then it was just you can see it in the video. I just, I had, I was holding on and I was in a position where the, you know, the water was no longer coming over. So I was just kind of like, and the, the rope was kind of all tangled up. I was just kind of like, all right, calm down. I was holding on. So I was just able to like calm down, like stop panicking and just kind of assess the situation. And I was able to, I was trying to figure out if I could stay dry. I mean, it was extremely thick, like willows. Like, I didn't know if I'd even be able to, like, physically get through it. My first thought was, you're not getting through that. But I was like, I have to. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no other option. And I was trying to, like, see if I could not get my boots completely wet. But eventually, I was like, I'm just going to have to step out of this thing. So, and of course, you know, I have, like, a 65-pound pack with, like, camera gear and all this expensive gear in the front. Trying not to lose that. Try not to lose the paddle. So anyway, eventually, I just I just step out and um, grab my pack and just basically like 
just through sheer force of will and just like push my way through these willows ended up breaking the microphone on my camera um but i got through and uh and, and what were you thinking at this point i was just like oh my word hunter's <laughs> gonna die <laughs> no i i was like you're very, scared though i was very worried because i was just like oh man he's got you know all of his gear you know all and he's like tucked up against those sharp willows i'm like i, I don't know my mind just immediately went to like the raft's gonna pop on a willow yeah. or you know, just some random branch. He's gonna get swept downstream. We're gonna lose his pack. I don't know how I'm gonna get to him. I don't know how we're gonna get out of here. Yeah. And and I'm also thinking like, you know, if he is if he's able to get out of the situation, how am I gonna do this? Yeah. And then do that two more times just to get to where we're gonna hunt. Yeah. And then do that potentially with a bear or two, three more times coming back. Yeah. With potentially more runoff because more snow is melting as the week goes by. Yeah. And so I, I don't know, my mind was just racing while I'm also just filming, yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to capture this instead of like, you know, yeah, it was just a lot of emotions were going through my mind, but mostly it was just like, is Hunter like safe? Yeah. You know, what, what can I do? I'm on the other side of the shore. Yeah. I feel helpless. Yeah. And we have no life jackets and the water is exceptionally cold. I mean like 30 degree, like oh, yeah. you put your foot in for like one second. It's like painful. Ice bath. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a dangerous situation, not going to lie. And, like, normally after you kind of get out of one of those dangerous situations, you're like, oh, okay, cool, I did it. Like, like last year when I did that pack raft, after, I was like, okay, nice. This was, like, I got out and I was, like, still scared. And I was, like, thinking of, like, my kids back home and, like, yeah, thinking, like, we have to do this. I remember asking you, like, are the other creeks as bad? And you're like, yeah, basically. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was, it hadn't hit me yet that this is, like, we're not doing this, but like, I was still scared. And so then, you know, I see Luke over there. We, he gets the raft back. I'm standing there soaking wet from the waist down. Like the bottom half of my pack was wet. And, um, you know, he's Luke, Luke kind of tries to cross on foot. He realizes that's not happening. Um, and I could see him kind of like, and rightfully so. And I was finally, I was just like, dude, like if, if you don't want to do it, do not do it. And I should have, I shouldn't have even, I should have just known, like, we're not doing this. But I said that and he's like, I don't know if it's worth it, man. And I was like, yep, 100% not worth it. Like, that was the right call. Like you said, it wasn't just like one crossing. It was multiple crossings and that was very sketch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we decided we're not doing this again. And then I'm like, okay. And still looking back, we 100% made the right choice. Oh yeah. I mean, we shouldn't have even probably tried it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so then I'm like, now I'm like, okay, well, I got to cross again. <laughs> so this time, luckily, um, Luke had the line. So I was, you know, rowing as fast as I could. And Luke was pulling me as hard as he could. And even with that, I barely made it to the, to the trail, like crossing area. So, so we... After that, we were just kind of like glad that we survived that and packed up and he headed back to the trailhead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got back to the car and we were both just like, dude, what do we do now? Because yeah. that was like the only really, like we had plan A, which was Hunter's spot, and then plan B, which is my spot. And then we were kind of like, dang, now what do we do? Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like one of my main reflection points um, that I wrote down was just, you know, it's really important to have a good plan A and plan B, 
but I think it's also just as important to like have some pretty solid plan C, plan D, plan oh, yeah. E, even F. Oh yeah. You know? Like just having multiple backup plans in your pocket that you've already scouted or, you know, maybe checked out or at the very least like e-scouted because we had to kind of spend a lot of time that, you know, third and fourth day, like going to some areas completely blind, mm-hmm. um, just spending hours on maps looking, you know, just, you know, is this a good looking area? Texting some buddies. Yeah. Saying, hey, like, can we get a lifeline? Yep. You know, phone a friend. Spots? Yeah, phone a friend. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, I don't know. We just, that was one thing I think I'm going to take away from this hunt is just like trying to have a few more backup to the backup to the backup plans. Yeah. Especially in spring. Stuff is just so Especially unpredictable. In spring. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, I, I lost some gear on that old debacle. I broke a mic. I just realized right before we recorded this podcast, one of my lenses has water in it. A um, couple of things got wet. You lost two batteries. My road, my road go mic, one of them's fried. Yeah. I lost two batteries. I think they're fried. Wow. So That's that was 1500 bucks in gear right there. <sighs> Thanks for reminding me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have protection <laughs> plans on most of them, but yeah, I lost like, and that was the other thing. Like, I should have put my gear into the waterproof. These these alpaca rafts and testament to the raft. You know the raft did great. It it was hitting on willows. It didn't pop. They do have a waterproof compartment that I should have used, but I was stupid and didn't. Um, so the raft did great. It was just basically user error. Um, but yeah, I was shocked when you were pressed against those willows for like ten minutes. I was like, dude, that that raft is popped. Oh yeah, I was like, there's no way. They're pretty tough. Yeah, I was really impressed. Um, so alpaca rafts did great, but user error almost killed me. <laughs> no, nah, I don't. I don't think I would have died, but it would have been really bad if I had fallen out. But anyway, so we get out of there, um, and then yeah, we were back to square one, whatever. And this is like the first of many times of being back to square one. <laughs> but anyway, we get back to square one. We, we do, like, yeah, we, we send some texts out to some buddies. We pouring over Onyx maps just looking for something. Uh, we thought we might have found a decent-looking spot, so we hiked in about another two and a half miles on a spot, climbed another mountain. There was tons of snow. We were literally, like, this is one of the first times we were walking through, like, knee-deep snow in some spots. And um, we got up there, and we're just like, this is not doing. So we busted out of there. And um, we were about an hour and a half from Luke's house. So that day was just so, that was the longest, like hardest day probably. Like almost dying in the pack raft and then packing into two different spots. With five days of food and gear on our back. Because we thought we were going to like pack in there and and stay there. But we got, you know, two and a half miles in there. And it's hard because, you know, the whole north face is just, you know, three feet of snow. Yeah. The whole south face is like summer mm-hmm. and so and then the trail we were on was in the bottom which oftentimes just had huge snow drifts in it yeah so we were just like traversing through there and you know and we didn't even get to the trailhead because the snow banks were so deep we yeah. had to stop like three quarters of a mile before the trailhead and walk to the trailhead because of the depth of the snow so um so that was a long day so we decided let's just go back to to luke's house and spend the night here um, cause we were both just like, that was a wild day. And we got here like 11 o'clock at night or something. 
So after that pretty long day of e-scouting on Onyx and then going to a couple different spots down in this part of the state, we decided, you know what, we should probably go back to the area that we started in um, a couple, three or four hours away from here um, because we saw a bear and um, I don't know the country, because that day, not only did we hit those two spots, we also did some more driving around to kind of different trailheads and just looking at what the terrain was like, where the snow level was, uh, and just gauging that. And so we kind of made the decision, let's go back to the original vicinity of where we're going. And I texted um, some buddies, again, that are much better bear hunters than I, and they kind of confirmed that, like, yeah, this is a, a decent area, you know, and one of them had even been hunting in there for a while. So... We decided to go back, and there's a couple of spots that we didn't check out originally. Um, so we went back, and um, there was one drainage we were going to drive. It was in that vicinity, but it was there was a, uh, a road that would take us to a trailhead a little higher up near the snow line. So like, all right, money, let's do that. So we drive like four hours across the state. We get to where we're going to go. The road's closed. No warning. No warning. No, nothing. you know, maps yeah. show it's open. Like, yeah. Nothing. So, again, back to square one again. So, then we scrambled, find a new spot. So it's, it's, and this is much higher. This is in the same area as our first spot, but whereas we started about 4,500 at the beginning of the hunt, now we're up in the 7,500, uh, like at snow line, basically. And um, we, we drive up to this as far as we can up this road until we get snowed out. And then we decided to hike in and we hiked in and then we climbed uh, 1500 feet of vertical elevation with, you know, I think we had five days of gear and food. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, So that's, you know, that was a gnarly little climb. Yeah. And our plan was just to be up there and just go, go all in basically, you know, be at snow line or a little bit even above Yeah. and glass down. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, from a high vantage point down onto the, like the fresh green areas that are starting yeah. to green up, uh, and then from there make a plan yeah. of attack. And um, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of good options like on the way in. It felt like good terrain, but it was kind of like we had to go all the way to the top to really be able to see. Mm-hmm. And um, it was one of those climbs where like at the end of it, I was like, I don't care what <laughs> is up there. I just want a camp spot and like something where I can glass. Like, it's just like, I just want to be done. Yeah. And so I remember that first night, it was just very relieving of like, okay, we're here. We found a good spot to set up camp. It looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. Not like amazing, but pretty good. Yeah. And we could see, um, it still would have been really tough to kill a bear. I mean, if if we had seen one, but um, anyway, we could glass a lot and, um, we figured we could kind of run this this uh, ridge line and glass down in there. Um, but either way, we were just relieved to be there. And it was a really beautiful spot. It was. Very beautiful. Um, so we were relieved to be in there. So the next day we get up. Our plan is to go down the ridge line and glass a little bit away from camp. And again, of course, we get about 100 yards from camp and we run into knee-deep plus snow. Knee-deep for Luke, which is like mid-thigh for me. <laughs> Um, and it was just, it's just demoralizing and hard to walk through that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we did get to our spot. We didn't get as far as we wanted, but we got to a good spot, glassed that really hard all day. It was hot. 
Very hot. It was very hot. Um, and I think we both got sunburned. Both got sunburned. <laughs> um, and uh, it was just a tough day because we could see a lot of good country, and we did not see any bears or sign of bears. Nothing. Nada. Didn't even see any elk or deer or anything. I think we saw, I, I saw one deer like at night. For like a morning. second. Yeah, for a split second. <laughs> yeah. Tried to get some footage of her. She was gone. Yeah. And then I was like, dang. And then we saw a lot of chipmunks. Yeah, I literally was so bored. I spent like 45 minutes at one point trying to get slow-mo shots of chipmunks. <laughs> yeah. That was about the lowest I think we were both at. We were like trading off the camera like, oh, there's one. Let's film it. Yeah. At least it was um, fun, though. Yeah, you got you to do something to keep the spirits up yeah. on slow afternoons like that. Yeah, those chipmunks kept me going that 45 minutes, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, we glassed that hard all day, all day, all day. And um, then, then we went back to camp, glass from camp, had dinner. Um, we're just trying to enjoy it, make the most of it. It was a beautiful spot to be. Like, if you're going to pick a, you know, just a picturesque place to go, like, backcountry camping... <laughs> Oh, it was good for that. Than that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, it almost felt like we were in Alaska or something. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I remember saying to you, it, it, I think it actually was literally like top two most epic places I've camped. Um, the other one being uh, East Central Alaska, my first trip. Like, it was a very cool place to camp, but there just weren't really that many animals around. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not much sign, even not much ungulate sign. Um, yeah, there was a little bit when we were hiking up little. to it, but I mean, yeah, we were, I mean, yeah, we were just hoping that we could glass down from that high vantage point and, and see him down in like those little meadows and openings yep. in the timber um, and in the rock faces. But um, that second morning, um, so that, that like we glassed all day and then the next day we glassed just from camp because we didn't want to trudge through that snow again. Yeah. And, and, from and you camp. saw some fresh tracks. Yeah. So like right in the morning um, we looked, we started to start glassing early because we're like, well, maybe the bears are nocturnal right now because yeah. of how hot it is and then moving like right at first light so we decided to change up that tactic and then i started just glassing the snow banks up on top of the the ridge from camp um and i just noticed some pretty decent sized tracks coming down through the snow yep. that were not there yesterday and i was like oh like that could be you know it's definitely something big and there was no other hunters up there so yeah. I was like, it's not humans um, we didn't see any human tracks walking into the spot yeah and i was like maybe it's a bear Maybe it's a cougar, maybe it's a wolf. Yeah. You know, it definitely like looked bigger than a deer. Yeah. Maybe an elk. It's it's hard to say from that far. Um, but I was like, at least there's something in here. Yeah, there's something yeah. living in here. And then I think you glassed up a couple of deer. Yeah, I glassed some elk. Yeah. So yeah, just to reiterate what Luke said. So we decided, hey, maybe the bears are more nocturnal. Instead of kind of we had been starting to glass a little later in the morning, because you know, usually bears aren't super crepuscular, but we decided, hey, let's give it like 6.30, glass this hard. So so we, we glassed the first evening we hiked in pretty hard. The second full day, all day, like dark to dark. No, not, you know, full day. And then the, the, the second morning, I guess, whatever, third morning, whatever. The next morning, we glassed pretty much all day till about noon. And no bears, no sign of bears. So um, that's when... So we had, when we were in this part of the state, um, before we going back to where we were, <laughs> this is confusing, sorry. We had, we had East scouted a few other areas that looked decent, but we didn't have time to go check out for whatever reason before going back to um, this more northerly area. So 
after basically two days of glassing and seeing nothing, we're like, all right, well, let's again, let's try go across the state again, hit these other couple areas. Um, so we pack up camp, we do that, come back um, to a different part of the state. And um, I mean, we don't have to go into crazy detail here. We basically just spent the next two or three days just going from spot to spot and either, um, well, we went all the, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. We, we had a specific spot in mind we really wanted to check out that we thought could be pretty good mm-hmm. back in this area. Drove all the way across the state basically and then we spent the night here, woke up at 5.30, hit oh, the yeah. road at like 6 a.m., drove out to this spot. Again, road closed. The whole road had washed out. Can't make this stuff up. Yeah. I mean, we were literally hitting roadblocks, both literal and metaphorical, and like every point of this hunt was a roadblock. Just every conceivable, even down to last night trying to get my footage onto my computer, like my drive wouldn't work. Like, just every... And the road was washed out from all this runoff. Yeah. One of the creeks just blew out the road. Yeah. Like everything we've tried is just, we just hit walls. But some hunts are just like that. So, again, now we're scrambling. Where do we go? So, we basically just spent the next, like, two days kind of, I wouldn't say completely aimlessly, but almost, like, semi-randomly just going to different trailheads, hiking in, checking spots, and just and just not finding anything. <laughs> pretty much, long story short. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's, without going into crazy detail, pretty much, yeah, we were just... Saw a lot of pretty places. Saw a lot of pretty places. You know, we, we saw some cougar sign in one spot and, um, you know, got to some spots that we were pretty hopeful about. But it's just, it was just pretty much where can we get to um, and let's hike in. And almost everywhere was either way too hot and too low or we were just in deep snow or the road was closed or we couldn't get there because of water. Um, so we just did, we just really just did the best we could with what we had on the table. And it was very hard, like, to stay in the game. Like, I wanted to quit so many times. I was just like, this is so dumb. I'm glad I had Luke with me. But um, anyway, so we were just banging our heads against the wall basically for the last, like, two or three days until we had to call it. So that's basically the recap of the hunt. Um, without going into crazy detail, but I want to get into kind of our major takeaways from the hunt. Cause that's since we did not kill a bear, the trophy on this hunt is knowledge and experience gained. I think we both came out of this tougher probably. Um, you know, I was very blessed this season. I filled one or even two tags on every hunt I did this season. One of which with being with Luke, but you know, sometimes you just you just have tough hunts, and um, I'm glad that it happened on this one. Um, but anyway, let's get to the takeaways. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> I got them written down here. Um, I'm going to grab my phone. It's yeah. In the room. So, I mean... I'll just wait till Luke gets back. Actually, my phone was on the arm of the couch. <laughs> um, yeah, very, very tough hunt me- mentally to stay in the game. But 
I, I learned last night. Oh, that's my top takeaway. I'll save that one. No, I'll just start from the top. My number one takeaway from this entire experience, and I kind of already knew this, but I, I guess I'm very goal-oriented and very much, and it does kind of change the dynamic too when you are trying to make content. But for any like non-resident hunter, when you have like, you know, lots of time, you know, vacation time, lots of money, you have a lot invested in a hunt, not to mention the, the costs and the tag expense and all that. You definitely, we all want to be successful. Everyone wants to, you know, kill the animal. Um, so, but for me, like, I realized, like, I really need to work on, really need to learn how to enjoy a hunt as an experience and not be so wrapped up in trying to kill and so stressed the whole time trying to find animals and killing one. Um, like I think I missed out on a lot of the enjoyment of the experience and just the enjoyment of the beautiful places we were in and, and just kind of the experience because I was so worried about trying to check that box, fill the tag, um, whatever it may be. So I really need to work on that because I was just kind of really stressing about finding animals the whole time. Totally. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a natural thing. Um, I don't know, as a hunter to do to like, you know, just to be so, you know, just like, this is the goal. Can't quit. Can't like, you know, all these things that you're, like, you're trying to like micromanage, but at the same time, like it's a, it's a balance because hunting in my experience is like, there's only so much you can control. And it's, the biggest things are like attitude and effort. And that like transcends not only hunting, but like, you know, just life in general, just like focusing on just the things you can control to the best of your ability, but at the same time surrendering to the reality of like, you know, we're, we're, we're trying all these new places. We're going, you know, to the snow line, we're going down to the, the river bottoms. Like we're trying all these different things looking for a bear. Um, but you know, it just wasn't working out. Yeah. And, but we just kept after it. We kept going, kept going. Um, so that's like something I've learned through a lot of the hunts that I've had that, you know, didn't end up with a punch tag or an animal, but at the same time, it's like, there's always something to glean from uh, mm -hmm. or to learn from. And, you know, we built character <laughs> through some yeah. of the hard stuff we did. Uh, we, you know, strengthened our relationship um, just as, you know, brothers in Christ and yeah. out there and, you know, the, just the most beautiful creation I've, you know, in some of the areas I've, I've never seen anything like that. It was just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always positives to, to take away. Um, but yeah, I'll get into um, one of my reflections really quick. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Your mic's not like rubbing in your clothes, is it? Okay, no. no, it's no okay, cool, cool. I think it's okay. Um, but yeah, I would say like that's that's really the biggest thing is like, you know, having that healthy stress of like, yeah, I'm out here. Like I, I want, like this is something I want very bad. Um, and just having that passion, but at the same time being okay with like the reality of it, of, you know, the situation of the hunt or, you know, just not seeing animals and just kind of surrendering to that mm -hmm. and be like, you know what, Lord, like, it's okay that like I, you know, that we left it all on the mountain, didn't come home with a bear. Like that's, it sucks. It's painful, but it's, it's okay. Cause that's, it's part of hunting. Yeah. And if you haven't experienced that as a hunter, you will. It doesn't matter if it's a over the counter tag, you know, out of state tag, it's tag you've scouted your whole year or life, um, you know, a once in a lifetime tag. Mm -hmm. I've seen it happen on every sort of hunt from, you know, like I said, OTC to once in a lifetime. Like it just, is a nature of hunting. Yeah. Um, and, but it's at the same time, I think it's also a good thing because it reveals like 
you know, I don't just do this to kill. Yeah. I don't just do this to be successful. Mm-hmm. I do this because I love it and I love every aspect of it, yeah. of the hunt. So, yeah. Yeah. I needed to be reminded of that. And this hunt definitely reminded me of that. And we were talking about it last night too. It's like, it's, it's really about finding the balance because you do, you do need to be goal oriented and you do need to like keep trying and, and keep going and all that stuff. And, and put in the max effort, which we did. I think we really tried. I don't think we ever really just like gave up. I think we kept going, kept trying. Um, but at the same time, like, so, so what I'm saying is I don't think that'll ever go away completely. And it probably shouldn't completely go away, but you got to make sure you're in balance of it. It's like, it's not too much. You're not stressing like overly too much. I think I was like overly stressing too much and not enough enjoying the experience. And it's a tough balance to strike, but if you can, you know, still keep your determination and your grit in place, but also enjoy it without getting like lackadaisical, like you're not just out there, like, you know, just like picking flowers and stuff. Like you still sure. are goal oriented, yeah. but like you got to find that balance of having the goal and, and trying hard to succeed, but also enjoying the experience of being surrendered. Mm-hmm. So you got to, it's tough to strike, but you it gotta is try. tough. Oh, yeah. I'm, and I think it will always be tough. Yeah. I think. I mean, you just, I mean, I feel like if I can just take 1%, you know, and, and get 1% better after a hunt like this, you know, like that's, that's good. Yeah. You know, you've hunted with a lot of guys. Um, where do you think I fall on the spectrum of like stressing it too much? For, like, 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 where do I fall on the spectrum there? I definitely saw like your stress level get actually less as the hunt went on. Um, I think, Let's see. I think, I mean, you're still pretty new to Western hunting, which is totally fine. Um, but where I'd say where you're at in terms of, I don't know. Sorry. This is kind of a weird question. No, it's fine. I have to edit. Don't, don't, don't worry about Um, offending me or anything. No, you're good. I'd say like I saw you in this hunt, um, as the hunt progressed, relinquish some of that stress and some of that like white knuckling of like, Ah, like we just, let's just, you know, we're not seeing bears here. We gotta go to the next spot. Um, I just saw some of that kind of be relinquished. Like you're, you know, you just kind of loosen the grip on the outcome of this hunt and be like, you know what? We're just going to keep trying. We're just going to keep, you know, going back to the maps, going back to the drawing board. Let's try this one. And having kind of more of like a clear mind as the hunt went on, um, as we, I mean, we probably tried seven or eight different spots, but like, I just saw like in those last two or three spots, you just had a much more calm presence and but still had that same dedication and same um you know clarity yeah uh or you know an improved clarity not the same clarity but an improved clarity um going into that new spot of like hey you know fresh mind you never know what could happen crazier things have happened yeah you know you never know yeah um so yeah i i saw that as the hunt went on just basically like you just kind of gave up some some of that stress yeah and exchanged that for just a little bit more like calm, even keel demeanor. That's good. Um, so that was just something that I, I don't know, I, I try and have that, but it's hard because we're just, we're human. We, yeah. we, you know, and this is something we're very passionate about and, you know, something that we obviously want success in. Um, but that's something I'm trying to learn myself on my hunts, even the hunts I film and the stories that I capture of like, you know, I want this hunt to be just a banger film or a banger, you know, TV episode or whatever, 
but you know, at the end of the day, surrendering to the reality of like, not every hunt is going to be just like this insane thing I capture on, on the camera. Um, but at the same time, every story or every hunt is a story that should be told or has a story to be told. Yeah. Um, and just re- kind of relinquishing that stress. That's something yeah. I'm personally learning, you know, as a, as a hunt filmer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope that makes sense. No, it makes good. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's, it's interesting. Like, cause Luke is an observer by his personality and his profession. And so it's, uh, it's interesting and insightful to hear his thoughts, like observing me as a hunter. Cause he, he's hunted with a lot of guys and a lot of really good hunters. So, um, that's interesting. So I'm glad that I at least chilled out a little bit as the week went on. <laughs> um, let's see what else we got here. Um, oh yeah. And, and that's perfect segue into my next big takeaway was just the importance of a great hunting partner. Luke was a great partner to this trip. Like, um, he kept me going. There were so many times where I was just like, just mentally done. And, um, like for example, like hiking into that, that, whatever it was, 15th spot we went to that was up on the top of that mountain at 8,500. Um, just having him there, it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like, all right, we're doing this, let's go. But he just having him there to be like, yeah, let's just like, let's go up to the top of this. You know, I might have gone halfway up and been like, I don't know if I can do that. But just having somebody there that was like, yeah, we can we can do this. And, and Luke's got like way more just time in the mountains than I have. So, um, and just mentally, I don't know, just everything about having a, a friend there, like I said, a brother in Christ, and um, just someone to help push you and keep your spirits up, like, couldn't have done it without you, man. So, Likewise, um, great having a, it's awesome having a great partner. Because um, I've been on other hunts where, luckily, they weren't this challenging, but I'm with a, you know, a camera guy, I hate to say camera, you know, I'm with a photographer who's even less experienced than I am, and it's kind of all on me. Luckily that was, uh, like I said, not anywhere near as challenging of a hunt. Um, but in a, in a tough hunt, like having someone there with you with experience and that's level headed, cool headed, you know, is money. So thanks dude. Um, let's see. Obviously strategically number one takeaway would be, we, I think we left the first spot too early. Um, going back in, in retrospect, we did see some bears there. The country was great. Not saying that we wouldn't have ultimately left, but I think I think I would have given it another day at least. Yeah. Of just hard glassing. We left bears to try and find more bears. Yeah, we did. That was a big mistake. Um, and we had some reasons that were you know semi logical of like you know if we leave this spot we can get to a spot that maybe. We'll also have good bears that I've seen in the past and, you know, maybe we'll be a little closer to that snow line. So we did have like some points of logic, yeah. like for our, our reasoning, but at the same time we left bears to, yeah, we left bears, bears to find other bears. And, and I, like I said, going back, I, I came in a little bit too optimistic about this hunt maybe, um, in that, like I was expecting to see more bears. So I was like, I wasn't that like impressed by like one sow and cub where Looking back, I was like, wow, that was dumb. Um, we should have stayed there at least another day. But to me, it's like, oh, we're not seeing a bunch of bears, like two or three bears at least. Uh, this is not a good spot. But I think in retrospect, that was my number one mistake was we should have given that at least another solid day of glassing. It was just such a good looking area. So 
Um, let's see. Obviously, we under—I underestimated the the water and the strength of the water and how crazy the water levels were. Um, strategically, another hunt, like another takeaway. I would, if I was going to do this hunt again, I would do it earlier, like in the mid-April, late-April time frame. Again, that's just you know, it's just life and schedules and stuff like that. But if I were to do it again, I kind of like hunting that earlier time frame better. You can hunt a little lower and still be at the snow line. The bears are theoretically coming out of their den. They're not moving quite as much. That's just kind of what I would do. But um, and you know, and just lastly, and then I want to hear some more of your takeaways. But and then just lastly, it's just like you know, I'm very open about the fact that I'm new. I have a ton to learn. Uh, I make lots of rookie mistakes, but that's why this is so rewarding of a endeavor, is because it's just how much of a better hunter it makes you, but even just a better person. And just like, it's just, it sounds like almost cliche, but like, and it's amazing that like an activity like this can, can really make you a better person. And I think hunters will understand that if, you know, non-hunters have a heart. I've had to explain that to not like, they're like, how does hunting make you a better person? And I think those of you listening that are hunters and know this type of experience will, it resonates, but, um, just the the self analyzation, the the learning, the growth physically and mentally, um, and that's why I love it. Is because I'm thinking last night, I'm like, wow, there's some stuff I really did wrong, stuff I really wish I could change, some stuff I did okay and did pretty good. Um, but that's part of the growth process and really analyzing it, looking at it, and 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 I just had a huge smile on my face thinking of, like, wow, I did that, and I was like, you know, I can't wait to go again and try to improve and, and kind of not make some of the same mistakes. So, um, anyway, so that's your kind of my main takeaways. What else you got? So my takeaways, like I said, um, one of them is just, um, maybe the most important was just like the art of reflecting and just trying to embrace that, especially on a, a hunt or a life experience that maybe didn't go the way you wanted. Um, that's a pretty powerful moment. I, I, is, is a really important mm-hmm. thing to reflect on. Um, and so I'm going to try and do that, more of that yeah. moving forward, I think, because I sometimes just with how fast paced our modern lives are, it's easy to just be like, oh, well, that sucked or that didn't go my way or, you know, oh, I know I got to get back home. I got this. I got to do. Yeah. I got this job or, you know, this. When you come home, this, like immediately to like your wife and your house and stuff, um, I, I'm kind of lucky one for like out of state guys. At the end of every trip, I have like a day of like packing and like flying home or like at least like sometimes even a day and a half. It allows me that time to reflect um, that like you might not get coming straight home, you know, and on to the next job. So like out of state guys, you know, when you have that day, day and a half at the end of a trip to, of packing and logistics and flying home or driving home, really intentionally use that to break down every step of the hunt and learn from it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I just would say... That's probably my biggest takeaway is just like putting a little more emphasis on just self-reflection after a hunt, after, I mean, even like a, a work trip or, you know, a, something that pops up, you know, in a marriage or, you know, family situation, mm-hmm. not just like, you know, just, just spend a little more, more time self-reflecting yeah. on some things. Um, yeah. And then going back to what you were saying about how hunting makes us better men, better individuals, better humans. 
um, a verse that I've been really reflecting on actually recently um, is Romans 5, 3 through 5. And it says this, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Um, and that's just something that I've been reflecting on the past few weeks of just like, you know, it, I think it's interesting that like a lot of people in the industry talk about like like purposeful suffering or purposefully putting ourselves in, in uncomfortable situations and like how that can cause us to grow mm-hmm. or be strengthened, whether it's like a workout or, you know, you know, just doing something physically hard and choosing to do that yeah. on purpose um, really does help us, um, I think, grow as individuals. 100%. And I think it's interesting, too, that like the Bible and, and, you know, Paul here in Romans talks about, you know, even spiritually choosing certain things or, or not even us choosing sometimes, but God just kind of putting it in our path of like, you know, a tough situation that, you know, it ha- has some suffering in it, mm-hmm. but that suffering is used to produce endurance and character and, and hope. Um, That's was, like the verse for this trip, man. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that too. <laughs> I think that perfectly summarizes uh, That's so good. this hunt. But uh, yeah, back to reflections. I also have some ones that aren't as deep yeah. or weighty as that. Um, oh, yeah. Like one of them is just bringing a meal for each day that is dry food. Um, yes. That, good. you know, because I had a couple times like on this hunt, I don't know if it was just from all the stress and driving places and trying to like, you know, drum up a bear on our own power and, and, and you know, will that just obviously wasn't happening. Um, but yeah, I just had like some like, st- my stomach was kind of acting funny and I was like, I don't want to eat another dehydrated meal. Yeah. But I had these little bagel and salami and cheese sandwiches that I yeah. brought and I ended up just eating those a lot of times just for like my breakfast or yeah. even a lunch. Um, and it was just kind of nice to have like that little breakup of like, oh, not another warm dehydrated yeah, some bread yeah some nice just simple bread yep. it was bland and it was just a nice like palate breakup i remember several times being like looking through my stuff like like wanting something like that and yeah. not really having you know yeah and i've been on a lot of hunts where, where guys will bring like a little bagel cheese and meat sandwich like you know i've been on hunts with like chris neville and and brady and those guys will bring that and i've always been like ah oh, it's like i kind of want to try that but i always just resort back to like dehydrated food or, you know, bars and just like things that are simple, you know, fairly cost effective. Um, and they're just tried and true. But I was like, I don't know. We were at the grocery store before this hunt. I was like, I kind of want to do some bagels and salami and cheese just just to try it out. Um, I was like trying at least one thing new out on a hunt, whether that's like a gear thing or a food thing or, or whatever. It's, it's kind of fun just to try new stuff. For sure. Um, That's a good one. Um, yeah. So that's one of my main takeaways. Um, yeah, my other takeaway, I would say, to kind of going with what you were saying about hunting that earlier two-week season mm-hmm. um, that at the start of the season of bear, um, I've never personally done that. I've always kind of hunted like May, right at the start of June. Um, but I think next year I want to try hunting earlier Yeah. Um, and playing the game of, you know, not having, or I guess not having to guess where the snow line is as much. And just knowing, hey, the snow snow line's gonna be low, right? Um, and just going in there with that mindset of and trying to find bears as they're coming out of their dens, yeah. more lethargic, is instead of just trying to find them, you know, way high up on the mountain, having to hike crazy far up from the bottom of a trailhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I want to try that out next year. Um, yeah, and then my last takeaway would just be having multiple 
multiple backup plans <laughs> yeah <laughs> and not just having like not just two three, yeah not two. just having like a plan a plan b but like having like four or five in the like in our back pocket that we've already kind of like e-scouted or yeah. even like been to and you know that that's and it's hard too because i've only um you know been a resident in this state for two years so i my knowledge is still pretty limited too so i honestly kind of have the mindset of a non-resident hunter of like yeah i don't really know where where to go i've had i have very limited experience um so anyway, that's kind of, those are my no, those main are good, takeaways. Man. Those are good. And I think I, let me see, I think I have any more like really like just practical takeaways that I wrote down. I think that was pretty much it though. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, I mean this, this hunt, like going back to um, not looking at a hunt as a box to be checked, a tag to be filled it kind of made me realize that I sort of, I might have already said this, but I sort of kind of lived my whole life like as one giant checklist, to-do list. And it really hit me last night. I was sitting here kind of watching the sun go down. It's beautiful out here. And I'm like, I'm so focused a lot of times. I'm like, like, okay, how am I going to edit this episode together? How am I going to do this? How am I going to, what do I need to get done? What do I need to accomplish? Like, sometimes you just need to like, like, be in the moment, like look down at your feet and be like, I'm right here. I'm in this part of Idaho, like this beautiful sunset, these horses, like just, this is beautiful. Like enjoy this moment. I know it sounds so cliche, but just, I'm always so forward thinking on what do I need to accomplish and get done next and stuff. It's really hard for me to like slow down and just be like, I'm in this beautiful spot right now. Just like chill and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just for like five minutes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and so and even that goes down to like stuff with your kids. Like when I say like I live my whole life, like, like, like don't look at, okay, I got to take the kids outside to the playground so I can like check that box and like get them out. You know, it's like go outside and enjoy playing with your kids, not like check off the box of whatever it is. So don't live your life like a giant checklist. I'm trying to work on that. (laughs) Um, other weird thing I've realized was last night was the first time I've seen the moon since we've been here, and mm-hmm. it was tiny. So I don't know if if moon phase played into this hunt at all, um, and I don't know how moon affects bears versus ungulates, but it's just something to note was that I don't remember ever seeing the moon all week except for last night, and it was a tiny sliver. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that... But, uh, um, yep, that's all I got. Yeah. Thank you, Hunter. Yeah, and seriously, thank you for like encouraging me to reflect on this hunt because that's something I, like I said several times in this podcast, like I, w- I really want to like do a better job. Yeah, at that you learn so much, and I think even more from quote unquote unsuccessful hunts. Um, and and like last night, just practically talking about how I was doing, I was literally just last night because you know you take a seven day hunt, especially one like this, it's a blur. It is literally a blur. You have to like intentionally be like, all right, what do we do next? Okay, then what did we do? And then what do we do? And then, so I was literally in my mind just chronologically thinking through the entire week and analyzing every kind of decision we made along the way. Was that a right decision? Was that a wrong decision? What could we have done different or better? Or, and you know, and just, and making notes of, of what everything along the way was. And ultimately it came down to, I think, we should have stayed in the first spot a little longer and then everything was kind of like a reaction to that at that point. But anyway, we learned a ton. We had fun. We saw some amazing country. Um, we're coming out of this 
stronger mentally and physically, I think, you know, um, more deeper friends and uh, just had a great, great time. And, you know, I was so worried, like, oh, you know, we didn't kill anything. But I think this is going to be actually a really good episode. I think it's going to be a really good memory, even though, like, in the moment, a lot of this was, like, really crappy. Yeah. Because we just hit so many roadblocks. I think looking back... Already, looking back, it's a good memory. And I think it's just going to get even better as time goes on. Because sometimes, you know, the, sometimes the sufferings, like the, you know, quote-unquote sufferings, and again, we're just hunting. We're not, like, really suffering. Like, we're doing this for fun. Yeah. But, um, so let's keep it in perspective. But the type two fun stuff that's, like, terrible in the moment is usually the best memories. And when you have a hunt where you have some of those and then you kill, you end up kind of only really focusing in your mind on the kill. And kind of scrapping the other stuff. But when you have a whole hunt where it's just all type two, in the moment it's awful. But I think like it's going to be a really good memory, actually. Oh, yeah. It already just, is. Just give it a little bit of time. I mean, even one day <laughs> post and we're like, oh, yeah, that's, that was hilarious. Like we were in here watching some of the videos of the cro- creek crossing. and just They were like of, laughing hysterically. I mean, I was drowning. Yeah. It's just like having those moments, you know, capture on, on film. Or, or, yeah. It's just yeah. going to be memories that last a lifetime. Yeah, so. man. Cool, dude. Well, I'm glad I shared it with you. Great to be out there with you, man. And um, I love any hunt I can do with you. And so thanks for thanks for tagging along on this adventure with me, dude. Absolutely, Hunter. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> right, for Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys got something out of this. And uh, be on the lookout for this episode, which will be coming on Sportsman Channel um, later this year. The show will be launching the last week of June. Um, and the best, probably easiest time to catch it will be at noon Eastern on Saturdays. It'll be running throughout the week, but noon Eastern on Saturdays is probably the easiest time to catch the show. Um, got a lot of great hunts, um, one with Luke, um, you know, a couple mule deer hunts, a, um, I'm blanking an antelope hunt, um, some great stuff. Um, and, uh, so look out for the show. I want to thank some of my partners, Onyx Hunt, uh, Leupold. Barnes Bullets, Seekins Precision. Um, Thank you for the support, and um, we'll see you guys in the next one.